Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the New Hollywood Podcast. I am Dino Ray Ramos, and I am sitting here... With the one and only. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> That's nice. I, I love being the one and only. Amanda and Duke. I'm pretty sure the you're one. probably the one and only Amanda and Duke. Definitely not the one and only Amanda. I'm the, I'm, <laughs> I'm the one and only Dino Ray Ramos. But anyways, on this episode, we have the wonderful, talented Lena Waith, co-creator of The Shy, star Emmy winner, mm-hmm. Emmy winning writer of Master of None. What, what is else? it? Record break. Oh, was it? Uh, not record breaking. Oh, she was the first yeah, female first of black, color. Yeah, yeah. first uh, for to win a, a, a Emmy for comedy writing. Yeah. And then she also has uh, the tw- uh, 20s, 20s, the pilot that TBS just picked up. And, uh, and um, she's going to be in Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. That, she's that, like in everything. That and she small was in movie. This is a, we talk about all of that. Yeah. Uh, we talk about the shy and her experiences as, as a queer woman of color. And she talks about the word queer and how it's kind of been reclaimed because it used to have a horrible stigma, but now it's kind of reclaimed and it's okay to use in the right context. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So without further ado, here is Lena Waith. So, Lena, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you. Um, so, just want to start off like at the, your early your beginnings. So, we read that you um, knew you wanted to be a writer at a very young age. You knew you wanted to do it as a career. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your main inspiration to pursue that? And do you what what kind of things did you write about at such a young age? Um, well, I wasn't like I wasn't really writing. So I was just writing whatever I was assigned to write at, at a young age. Mm-hmm. And I think I was really just inspired by by the television I was watching. It was a really good time. I, I grew up in the 90s um, and uh, like a lot of my fellow baby. yeah, yeah. My, uh, <laughs> my fellow artists like, you know, like Justin, Issa, mm-hmm. Donald, all these cats. Um, uh, I was really inspired by what was happening. You know, I think like stuff like A Different World, Fresh Prince, Family Matters. There was a lot of black faces on television. Um, And I just really felt that was all I ever knew. It wasn't as if this was like a new thing or a new wave. It just, I got to see people that look like me on TV a ton. And I think that really made me so happy and it gave me something to dream about and something to think about. And so I think I was just inspired by that. And as I got older, it kind of came together a little bit more, but I just knew I was, enamored by movies and tv and Mm -hmm. characters and wanted to 
be a part of it. Yeah. Do you remember like your first story or? Not really. I mean, assignment. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I can't remember the specific assignments, but I just remember loving reading mm -hmm. and expressing myself on paper. Okay. Um, and uh, and my teachers being very encouraging, and and, and my family uh, not making me feel weird for enjoying to read so much. Yeah. And, uh, and very at a very young age was sort of you know I was in like poetry competitions and things like that for being able to read well and, and uh, speak publicly. And I think that kind of stuff was very helpful in sort of determining who I would be and, and what my strengths were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so when when you first started in the business. Um, how or were you even like guarded and apprehensive as a queer woman of color and were there i mean there's obviously obstacles for people of color the lgbt community mm -hmm. and and women um but were there unexpected obstacles that you faced when you were when you were starting out um i, I it's interesting because and, and this question comes up a lot, you know, mm -hmm. about how is it different as, you know, because you're so different yeah, or yeah, because yeah. you're so othered. And I guess I, because I'm in my own skin, I just don't think about it that way. Have I had like some discriminatory experiences? Yeah, but they've not, it's, it's come in a very interesting way. It's come when I have accomplished a thing and I've sold something and I'm within that space and I'm being, and I'm feeling like I don't matter or I don't have power. And I don't know if that's, and maybe partly that's because I'm a woman, maybe because I'm young or whatever it may be, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a barrier. Mm -hmm. It was, it, it actually happened once I got through the door, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So once I'm like, I have a thing and I'm like doing well and I'm feeling, oh, because in success, I think the, the machine tries to make you feel less than. Um, up until then, it's any man's game. I, and that may be a controversial controversial thing to say, but I really believe that the industry doesn't care what you look like, who you are, where you come from. Like, if you're interesting, if you're great, if you're amazing, they don't, they, they want, they want what you have. Like Jordan Peele, you know, Donald, myself, Issa, we're all Justin Simeon. We're all odd ducks. Like mm -hmm. there's no world in which you look at us and go, yeah, those guys are going to be, you know, <laughs> the new way. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because we do what we do um, in such a way that the industry acknowledges it or people at large acknowledge it. I think that's also sort of part of it. Once you have an army behind you, that all that matters in this town are dollars and cents. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, and I think even you look at like Ryan Coogler, like somebody might ask him, well, how is it being a brother from Oakland um, with nothing but a dream? Like he may be like, I don't know. I, I, that's just who I am. That's just my experience. And he and because of who he is, he was able to tell the story that he told about Fruitvale Station. You know, mm -hmm. there's something in him, you know, because him and his dad watched Rocky, hence Creed, and obviously him have the opportunity to do Black Panther. It's like the sum of who we are is what makes us these great successes. So mm -hmm. I don't look at the thing, my otherness as a hurdle, but as a thing that helped me. I always say, like, I wouldn't be standing on the Emmy stage where I'm not born black, gay, and female. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are those are the tools yeah. I had to to work with. Like that's my I mean that episode is my story. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, yeah. And and I and because the, because of 
my story and my family and how I came out, it became my, you know, this signature thing that people know me as. Like, it, it, like I'll never be separated from that episode yeah. of television, nor would I want to. But That's what I always try to convey is like, if I hadn't gone through that, if I hadn't been all these things and didn't have the kind of mother that I had and the coming out experience that I had and dressed the way I did and lived the way I lived, I wouldn't have been able to pull from those things to write that story. So mm-hmm. I look at, like, as again, it's like I said in the speech, it's like the things that make us different really are superpowers. Yeah. It's a matter of like whether or not you choose to look at it that way. Because some people are in this town being like, well, I'm black and I'm this and the industry ain't going to welcome me. It's like, no, the industry welcomes whoever's great. Now, the thing is, if you're a white dude, that's just okay, yeah. You know, um, and writes just well enough. You, yeah, you'll you'll be you'll do really well. That's that's not most people's experience. Yeah, you got to work harder. You got to you know stay up later, and you got to rewrite more <laughs> to make sure your stuff is phenomenal. But it's like Jordan Peele had to make Get Out, which is damn near a perfect movie, mm-hmm. in order to be where he is. There's a lot more cats that are white that have never made anything as brilliant as Get Out and got way more money in their bank account than he ever will. Mm-hmm. So that's really the issue. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, is, like you can be, you know, half black, half Filipino with one leg and be trans <laughs> and, you know, have a shaved head and a, a lazy eye. Mm-hmm. If you write something that people feel like they can profit from, they will, you will be on the cover of every magazine and, mm-hmm. and people will be trying to pretend to have a lazy eye and, and wishing they were biracial. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, Once one thing becomes cool, every, everything background. tries to, yeah, that's it's, true. I mean, you know yeah, what I mean? I, yeah, I guess that's like I where we, appropriation comes into play. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> people, you know, they, they appropriate black culture or Absolutely. Asian culture yeah. and then they claim it as their own and then because... Hey, we're fun. People of color have fun. I know. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's like I would, the last thing I would want to be right now is straight or white. Yeah, <laughs> I, I always say it too. Like it's this, this is the best time to be a person of color, a person like so, so, somebody in the in the, the, in the yeah, yeah in the yeah, marginalized community. This is the time to be different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I like it's and I know it's like that joke of like the hardest thing it is to be right now in Hollywood is a straight white man. <laughs> but yeah. the truth is, it's like I actually do. I look at them and I go like. Damn, you know what I mean? Because the truth is, when you look at the the box offices of like Girls Trip and Get Out or now you know, Black, Black Panther, Panther yeah. the truth is like we work in a business of copycats. You know, every studio is sitting around a conference table just like this mm-hmm. saying, where's our Black Panther? Exactly. Where's our Get Out? Exactly. Where's our Moonlight? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that's a good thing. But I do it think is. it's the pendulum swinging one way and eventually it'll swing back. My hope is it just kind of eventually balances out and then we all get the opportunity to make the stories we want to make. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and so just back to like being the other, I, in a lot of your interviews, you refer to yourself as a queer woman of color. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I I used to think that saying queer had like a negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. try to avoid saying it. Um, for, for, for you, why is it important to use that term? And has that, I mean, there was a point where it, 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 had, it had a ne- negative connotation attached to it. Mm-hmm. Has how has that? How have you kind of used your platform to change that that mindset? Well, I mean, I think for me, I don't. I mean, my platform is one of just honesty and truth. I yeah. try to tell whatever the truth is for me. Um, but the reason why I use that word queer is because the the 
LGBTQIA community is made up of just that very many different um, sections and different groups of people. And so what I don't like to do is ever separate myself from, say, the trans community, um, mm -hmm. gay men, mm -hmm. um, people who are asexual, people who are intersex. Like, to me, I feel like we're all a part of the same family. So when I call myself queer, it's me saying that we're all fighting the same fight mm -hmm. versus saying I'm lesbian, which puts me into a group of women mm -hmm. that says like, yeah, we're a part of a community, but this is our corner. Mm -hmm. And I think that I feel like there needs to be LGBTQIA unity where, you know, cause I do still think there's a caste system, you know? And I think that for, particularly if you're asexual, if you're intersex, if you're um, non-binary, that you are, a, you are a little bit more, uh, you're more marginalized. Um, and because yeah. being, you know, to be a, a white gay man is 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 like there's a there's a level of privilege yeah. that goes with that. Um, being a, a lesbian white woman, there's a level of privilege that goes with that. Being a lesbian black woman is a different experience. Being a, a trans person of color is different. Being a non-binary person of color is different. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like ultimately there's so many different sections um, and groups. And that's cool, and everybody can identify as they choose. Mm -hmm. But for me, I like to think of us as one big community, and I don't want to separate myself from any group. And, yeah. and so that's why I yeah. use queer, just because it's a, a really nice word um, that I think we've reclaimed, and also it's a really nice umbrella that we all can stand yeah. under. Yeah, that's a good answer. I, I mean, know. reclaiming. Yeah, I like that. I love. Sorry, I just love that phrase. Yeah, reclaiming, <laughs> reclaiming time. Reclaiming. <laughs> no, uh, I mean because I remember I wrote queer person of color in an article once, and I got a lot of comments from people saying mm. you shouldn't use that word, you shouldn't mm. use that word. But mm -hmm. I was like, but it's kind of ours now or it's yeah. like yeah we're kind of taking it back right yeah. now yeah um going back to again the the thanksgiving episode i, I can't congratulate you enough on that Thank that episode so um cried i cried a lot in that episode <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> um of course you want to aim for it and it's very personal to you um and you 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 touched on this but how is it like to even see your story on such a big platform and like, people coming up to you like myself or like not even like just mm -hmm. just queer people but like just people just coming up to you and saying oh my god I connected that story whether you're straight or gay but how how was it like just telling your story and what was that process like you said you cried <laughs> a lot but, but uh, how did you process well that? I mean I think for me the process was quite easy mm -hmm. you know to tell it because I had been you know preparing without with not being aware of that but mm -hmm. I was every step, every moment, every job, every experience was prepping me in order to do that. And I did it quickly. I mean, I was filming Ready Player One uh, at the time. Aziz came out to London. Uh, I had like three days off and to work on it. So, yeah, wow. and Aziz and I had been working on the outline, like yeah, yeah, yeah. kicking that back and forth via email. Um, and when he came out there, like I just, we knocked it out in like three days. Mm -hmm. um, and so it actually was quite painless because I've been so far removed from it, and I was able to... There's no story I know better than that one. Ma? Mm -hmm. I'm gay. You... What? I'm gay.
I've always been gay. But I'm still the same person. I'm still your daughter. Nothing's changed. Me being gay is like tarnishing her trophy. Some black people think being gay is the choice. And when they find out that their kid is gay, they try to figure out what they did wrong. I just, I don't want life to be hard for you. It is hard enough being a black woman in this world. Now you want to add something else to that. It's not like this was my choice. But also too, I never had any intent uh, intentions on telling it, mm -hmm. like I didn't, because yeah, because I read you weren't you're, you weren't intending to act at the beginning, right? Like you, no, okay. but yeah, yeah, the acting thing was something that came organically, mostly due to really amazing and awesome uh, casting directors, mm -hmm. uh, a la Allison Jones, um, Ellen Lewis, Leslie Feldman, um, people that really saw something in me and said you should be in front of the camera. But I, you know, I told that story to Alan and Aziz not thinking anything of it. And then they were like, no, that's an episode. And I was like, uh, okay, great. I'm going to written the script. That's cool. And they were like, no, we need your voice. Yeah. Like, you know, there are things that we can't capture and get right. Mm -hmm. So I'm really grateful to them for pushing me because I honestly didn't feel like I needed to do it because I felt like I trusted them enough um, in order to write my voice and to retell the story that I told them. And I just was so busy and I didn't want to mess it up and I, I had so much on my plate. Um, and so, you know, but I think, you know, God only gives you as much as you can handle. And mm -hmm. I'm really grateful that, you know, we juggled a lot. I mean, literally in the same year, I was working on the shy work, trying to get it greenlit. Like I had the shy didn't get greenlit until the second to last day of filming on Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. I wrote the Thanksgiving episode while filming Ready Player One, oh, and then wow. Ready Player One is, in itself was you know that was my first feature that yeah. I ever done. My first time in London. Spielberg, like <laughs> what the hell? Exactly. <laughs> that's your first and that, feature. That's like an epic. That's just like Shit. an epic. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. like four months of like training and like you know um, you know learning how to do certain things mm -hmm. and, and, and doing motion capture, which I obviously had never done before. So. I think for me that year was just like really empowering. It was like, oh, there's nothing I can't get done, yeah. nothing I can't do. What year was what? When was that? Like 2015? Had to have been. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Oh, that was um, a busy year for you, was and it was paying off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so going back to the shy, um, it's. I mean, I, we've seen we've, we've seen the first couple of episodes, and it's um, it's definitely like it definitely has a different. Um, flavor to the other um there's there's you know dick wolf has that whole chicago right. series out um on nbc but for you what did you want people to get out of your version of chicago that maybe they wouldn't be able to see in the other versions that have been well i don't out? necessarily think those other chicago shows that are on nbc are like meant to educate people about the city yeah. i think it's it's purely entertainment and so I don't look at it like, oh, he's not getting it right. I, I think they're just that, that happens to be the setting. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's, it's it's Chicago's more than a setting. It's a character. It's a feeling. It's a vibe. It's a look. It's a sound, um, and it's an emotion, really. And so, I kind of really wanted to show the humanity of the people. I wanted to show the specifics. You know, I wanted to get in there and. Um, and the thing people kind of hit me up about sometimes, it was like, yeah, it's supposed to take place on the south side, but you got to shoot on the west side. It's like, yeah, because we were, it shot up so much, excuse mm. the pun, mm -hmm. but it's just like, there's, 
we we were trying to find places that you haven't seen a million times yeah. on TV, and that's mm-hmm. not easy to do. Because um, Empire films there too; they they shoot Chicago for New York. But so oh, we yeah, were just right. always trying to find corners of the city that people just wouldn't or- ordinarily see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it's more about it's a love letter to the city, and um, and it's the first season, so we're trying to we were really trying to figure out the tone, the voice. But the truth is, it, it's 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 the pacing is is not like you know this super quick fast thing. It's you really do get invested in the characters. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing, which I think we've done now that I've kind of stood back from it a little bit, is that we've sort of created this sort of hypnotizing sort of thing where you can't just have it on like in the background. It's like a thing no, where, yeah, yeah, oh no, definitely. And even though it's like there's not bullets flying everywhere every two seconds, but it's so human. And that yeah. was always my mission. And I and I'm really grateful to Showtime for being patient with me and, and, and really hearing me out mm-hmm. because what I really wanted to do was to make it feel like a slice of life or almost cinema verite and I think yeah. we, we've definitely gotten to that place with the show. Come on. I need to make a correction because it says here in the program that um, Charles Frederick Johnson was survived by his mother and older half-brother. It's true, we had different fathers, but I loved him with my whole body. So I don't see how he could have been my half-brother. We shared everything. We shared a room. He got on my whole whole nerves. (laughs) And I loved him. And I just don't know how to say goodbye. I ain't even ready for this shit. This shit don't even feel real. I'm sorry for cursing, but... Man, Cookie was just... so much better than me, you know? Smart, charming, funny. And he'll kill me if I told y'all this, but he a virgin. <laughs> don't laugh. We shouldn't laugh, because... It's sad that we live in a world where being a 16-year-old virgin is funny. What kind of response have you gotten from Chicago natives? Oh, man. Like, they hit me up all the time. Like, I'm grateful that they hit me, you know, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. And because the truth is, even though, yes, I want everybody to like it, Mm -hmm. I care most about them. And I care a lot about black people. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like... I, I, that's who I really want to mm-hmm. <laughs> respond to the material. And people have hit me up so much and said, like, yo, like, you really are showing Chicago for what it is. And, and I'm very critical of my own work and of myself and how I do things. And even though it was the first season, I was still hard on it. Like, I was like, oh, we could have did this better. This yeah. could have been stronger. I want more That's of what that. a first season is. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. That's, what, that's what the, the time you, you make adjustments oh, and, yeah. and you learn from whatever. It's mistake. trial and error. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. So there was things I was sort of seeing, but, like, people don't eat, like, it's so clear now that yeah. like that's just me being a very perfectionist yeah but people have been like yo man you really are showing us for who we are and we've never seen ourselves in this way and they'll hit me they'll be like yo like that's on the south side or like can we see more of this character oh, cool. but i'll be like cool i'm like i got you and that's mm-hmm. why i really do want to hear from them and that's really a part of i think i hope my brand is that I'm very communicative. I'm very, you know, responsive to people um, because I don't, I don't ever want to be someone that's standing under a tent and and you can't, you know, 
you can't have access to me because the minute that happens, the work suffers. So mm-hmm. I really, I got to be careful. I got to obviously set boundaries. Yeah, exactly. But, but for me, I, I want to always have a, a conversation with those that consume my work. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, then it's just me sitting there, you know, making stuff for myself. And I don't ever want to be that kind of artist because I I would look up to artists that would be of the community. And then I see their work when they are no longer a part of the community. Mm-hmm. And I feel the difference. And so for me, it's about how can I constantly be in the community. And I know that's always a little difficult sometimes because people, that is just the way society yeah, works. They kind of feel like, well, no, like you're on TV or, or you have a TV show and I get that, but I'm always trying to remind them. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, we all fight in the same fight. You know, we all wake up every day, put our pants on one leg at mm-hmm. a time. So it's just, but that, that's just a constant thing I'm always reminding folks of. Yeah. Your production company mm-hmm. is called Hillman Grad Production. Correct. We're assuming that's Hillman. Uh, is that the, a nod and, to to the different a different world? The, and, uh, okay, you good. Assume correct. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We were like, oh, what is it? Well, it has to be. I, ha- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I assume. I was like oh. Hillman. There's nothing else called Hillman. <laughs> like, so it's made up. We were gonna ask if you were to do a reboot of a different world. Interesting. Which <laughs> I'm <would> anti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but you know, it's like this is like the the era of reboots yeah, and remakes yeah. and I stuff. Know. So but I like, wouldn't be surprised like, if someone threw a bunch of money at you. They're like, Alina, you gotta create this. Do it now. I would give it back. <laughs> no but way. who would you uh, cast as uh, 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 Whitley? Whitley? And oh, <laughs> oh, I gotta recast. Them? Yeah. yeah, see, yeah. that is already a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, not because that's the interesting thing. Because like that's the, about these reboot. It's like the same people, yeah, well, you yeah. know, yeah. Will and Grace, Roseanne, it's or whatever. True, and so true, it's just like they're like, hey, like what if like got older, but like maybe like a version, like a yeah, yeah a version of, of Whitley. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like the idea of Zendaya. Oh, that's a good I'm one. I'm here I for that. I didn't even think of Zendaya. Okay, I like that's the a idea good Zendaya. one. And then, in terms of the kid, like if they had a son, or just here's like a, a different fun- version. Like yeah. here's the funny then. thing, and this is my. I don't know if y'all watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, don't even okay. get him started. Please. I'm a part of a fantasy league. <laughs> okay. Last wow. night I did not agree. Wow. We'll, we'll talk later. I haven't seen last night yet. But here's the thing, and I'm have a bias. I will own it. If people, if people really follow me, they they know this. But I'm I'm very close friends with Shangela, <gasps> aka DJ. So um so he's just been my me. friend for like so many years. He was with me way back before you know we both when we were shooting in the gym so so but here's the thing i always tease him about i always say he looks like he could be jasmine guys like gay son like you're you're kind of right it's like it's super and i always tease him about it and he's all like you know what okay cool you know shangela he's like well hallelujah come on hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah hillman (laughs) so uh so i would love to give them like a daughter like zendaya and then then a gay ass like son (laughs) who's in cross-dressing i would so be here for that come on man and like watching Dwayne like deal with that and what that (laughs) is that's that's a good that's a good 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 they're both light-skinned kids but whatever yeah 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 uh, jeans are strong Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I just really, if, if, if people listen, if you if you really like like do it, like hold up a picture. You could either do it with him in drag or not. Yeah. yeah. But and then look no, at true. Jasmine guy, like yeah. they well, he's doing freaking look alike. Non drag interviews in RuPaul's Drag. Oh race. right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come I on, see. like yeah. they may be related. I don't know, <laughs> but I always tease him about that. Uh, oh my god. So that, <laughs> those, that's my that just specific. You just, you just made his. You just made his day. Yeah. You know, I'm watching again because obviously he's back. Is there a movie or TV show that people would be surprised that you are obsessed with? Um, here's the interesting thing. 
I I don't think people should be surprised. I just like good shit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I, they might be surprised that I'm obsessed with better things. So people might okay. be surprised by that, uh-huh. but if you know me, then you me. aren't because you're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, it's like it's a gut wrenching, human, yeah, yeah. funny, uh, just surprising I'm show. Put that on my list. Uh, yeah, it should be like yeah. I, I, every chance I, think I she's get. She's so talented. She's yeah. phenomenal, and she's yeah. like my homie now too. She mm-hmm. interviewed me for Interview Magazine, and mm-hmm. then um, and obviously like we bonded while having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and she asked me, and then we met at the Golden Globes on the red carpet. She had just watched The Shy because she was prepping for the interview, and she mm-hmm. really loved it. And uh, and I was like, well, I love your show. Like mm-hmm. you're amazing. And we had a whole love fest. And then she hit me up and was like, hey, you want to come to the Atlanta premiere with me? I was like, yes, I would. <laughs> and so we went oh, nice. and uh, it was so, we had the best time. Nice. It was great. I just cool. watched Atlanta yeah, last night. The, 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 first, the, first, the first three episodes. First, oh, y'all saw yeah. more than me. I'm yeah. obsessed. Yeah. yeah. That, oh my God. That first episode. Phenomenal. <laughs> it's hard talking to people about because they're like, no. cause, yeah. they, I'm, they, I'm like, it's darker, and but it's, it's, it's interesting. It's so super surreal. It's, it's so It weird. is. It's um, phenomenal. Yeah. And it's still funny. Okay. And then you also, you're also prepping another show. Yeah. 20s for TBS. Um, congrats to that. Thank you. I watched the because it was the based on the, the web. I it wasn't the, a web okay, series. Yeah, it's yeah. something called a pilot but, presentation yeah. where I pretty much took four scenes from the then pilot. The pilot has changed a lot yeah. since then, but the characters are the same. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, but yeah, Justin sent me in because we had such great success with the, our concept trailer for Dear White People mm-hmm. that he was like, you should do like a pilot presentation for yeah. 20s, and obviously he directed it and um and, and and we got it up and you know it just really sort of took on a life of its own. Yeah. I think that's where we really found oh we got something here and we've been you know jumping around from BET we were at Hulu for a bit and, and yeah, now we found that. our yeah. third third times a charm and TBS really gets it and they really appreciate my voice and so you know hopefully we get Justin to come and direct the pilot mm-hmm. um I, I want Karma Cuba who cast on um, the shy to, yeah, to cast Karma, this she does a lot of Netflix shows right she does and, yeah and she, also, she, she won an Emmy for yeah, casting she did. Stranger Things she did. and she also cast a really great show called The Nick that's yeah. a little short-lived yeah, um, yeah. on stars but she uh uh, she or not stars, I think it was Cinemax. Sorry, uh, but she's phenomenal, and so that's the thing. I'm sort of like building my team and my yeah. crew, um, and uh, and I really want to knock that one out of the park when we get a series order. Yeah, well, I mean, I wanted to ask you. So in the in the pilot presentation, um, Hattie, who's the main character, mm-hmm. is doing her spiel on her uh, YouTube channel, yep. and she says. Um, when it comes to The Wiz and The Wizard of Oz, I prefer the white one. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really funny. Thank you. Anyways, I wanted to ask you, when it comes to I The Wiz... I think that joke is no longer because, the pilot, but hopefully we'll figure out uh, Well, I mean, and, and also you, the kids in The Shire are doing uh, The, the Wiz. Wiz. Yeah, so, right. so when it comes to The Wiz or The Wizard of Oz, which one do you prefer? Oh, I definitely prefer The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, like, there are some good songs in The Wiz, though. Yeah. Right. I love Home. Right, yeah. oh, of course. I love yeah. Whitney Houston's uh, yeah, rendition yeah, of yeah. Home. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Marvin Griffin show. Uh, but I think um, I wanted to, it's interesting because initially they were going to go to a dance um, and you, you kind of had the similar beats with Andrea and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Rick Famuyiwa, my incomparable uh, director um, uh, and EP of the show as well, he was like, yo, Lena, like, we've seen the dance thing before because he obviously directed The Wood and that's sort of a similar thing. So he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, what What can we do that's different, that's fun and, and childlike and like still like really black and cool? And I was like, oh, well, maybe we could do a school play. Because he was also asking me, he's like, well, what's some things you did? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, my mom did put me in like like a little summer camp that was like for artsy kids. And like, so I did like plays and stuff. He's like, that's dope. And then we were like, what could the play be? And I was like, well, I don't, you don't get no more blacker than The Wiz. Yeah, yeah. And so Rick and I really kind of just sort of like went back and forth on that. And then I went just back in and, 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 and 
play with it. And mm-hmm. I think it really is, is one of those things that I'm it's such a great note from him. And obviously we carry that out throughout the, the whole season yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll kind of see some, some stuff at the, the finale. So our final question, we ask this to all our guests. Um, is there an underrepresented person in the industry, whether it be an actor, producer, storyteller, creator, not in the mainstream who you think we need to look out for, people need to look out for and deserves more recognition? Well, it's interesting. I'm working with that person now. I'm okay. trying to make yeah. a TV show for her. Kim Whitley, you okay. know, who uh, plays my aunt on, on uh, in, in the Thanksgiving episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, and she's had some bit parts here and there. And, and she obviously has an infamous episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she was in Next Friday. Uh, yeah, she's just dope, and uh, and I kind of put Alan Yang on her to her. I think she's gonna pop up in his new Amazon show, but she's just phenomenal, and she's a real talent. And I don't think the industry really knew what to do with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm also a person that believes like just because she's like you know I don't think the new wave has to necessarily be this like twenty something or mm-hmm. preteen mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, person. And so I feel like she's been in the game for a long time. Uh, she just left me a really funny voicemail because uh, <laughs> if people are paying attention, when you listen to an AT&T commercial, you may hear a familiar mm-hmm. voice, which is yours truly. <laughs> and she it called me and said, why are you out here sounding like me on this at <laughs> And I was like, what? And she's like, I haven't called her back yet. I'm going to. <laughs> but she's like, yeah. Some people hit me up, texted me, said, congrats, girl, on at t commercial. <laughs> she's like, uh-huh, you sound like me. You old thieving ass. Like, <laughs> you know, so. Well, y'all do kind of sound like that. I like, never just, thought of just that now. until, yeah, yeah. like, I got her voicemail. <laughs> but I think she's a star. I think she's special. I think she has such a unique story, you know, with the way her son, her adopted yeah, son came into her life. Yeah, I saw her reality show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whitley, which yeah, you used yeah. to be on own. And so, like, I think, well, obviously, I mean, anytime Oprah can see how great you are, yeah. then you got some, some. Midas touch. <laughs> so I'm just trying to follow behind Oprah. The difference is, I, I want, obviously, because my lane is writing, and I wanted to sort of be able to be the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis to her Janet Jackson. Oh, I love Ooh. that. I love that yeah. analogy. It's a great way yes. to end this. Yeah. Well, so, Lena, Kim Whitley, ladies and gentlemen. Kim Whitley, I love, <laughs> she, yeah, I remember seeing, she hosted, like, this award ceremony that I saw, and I just love her, and I love her. In the, yeah, she is. She's great. Well, Lena, you are you are phenomenal. Thank you so you much for so doing much. this. You're a master you. of none. You're in the. Sh- you're, you created the shy. Ready Player One. You were in This Is Us. You are in. <laughs> oh every- my! You were, and I. Oh, you just popped up, yeah. and also I know. I was like, who is you? I know. Just out here, man. Yeah. Working. Like, working. You gotta work with those cute dogs. I know. Uh, but. Uh, Thank you for Thank coming you so on much the for New doing Hollywood this. podcast. Thank you're you welcome all anytime. Love support. It yeah, means a lot. Yeah, and we yeah. can't wait to see what you're doing in yeah. the future. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We we you're millions of projects. I know, I know. <laughs> right? We got stuff coming, man. Yeah, yeah. keep it coming. Yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're here for it. Exactly. Thank you. And we'll see you at RuPaul's Drag Race. I know, right? Root it. Let's root for Shangela. Team Hallelujah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.